Welcome to the Truth CSGO podcast, episode 123, featuring Megisk from Vitality and Vitality's sports psychologist, Lars Robel. Hey guys, this is Electro. Hey guys, I'm Guardian. This is Daps. This is Nico. This is Nifty. This is Chris J. This is Ferry. Code Zero. Flusher. Oh, this is Kerrigan. Are you listening to the Truth? The Truth. The Truth. The Truth. The Truth. The Truth CSGO podcast. The Truth CSGO podcast. The Truth CSGO podcast. And this is Raps, and you're listening to the Truth CSGO podcast. Now, I'm back in the unwelcoming chill of Melbourne, Australia. Happy to be home. Lingering gut issues from a surplus of escargo notwithstanding. The major feels like a dream at this point, and I am Dallas is only 24 hours away, so it's all beginning to just fade away. But I did two interviews with Emil Reif, uh, a.k.a. Magisk, or Magisk, when I was on European shores, one just before the champion stage and the other after winning the major. As you will hear, he's a massive bully. He's basically the freakazoid of Denmark. Um, (laughs) We talk about the past, Astralis, a little bit about North and Optic, what happened to those guys, um, players like Cajun B, etc. But mostly we talk about Vitality and the methods behind their struggles and success. I kind of became quite fascinated with um, what they're up to. Uh, in terms of especially what Lars Robel, the sports psychologist, was implementing, probably since they uh, released that very first video of them climbing up a mountain uh, in a blizzard together as part of their team bonding experience at the the beginning of this um, roster. So as luck would have it, I actually managed to corner Lars Robel backstage, I think just after the quarters were played, um, or perhaps just the night before the finals. I can't remember. Anyway, I grilled him a little more on some of the things that Magus brought up, and his interview is going to be the meat, the spam in between the two chats with Magus. I think there's some really interesting ideas about pressure, about goal setting, uh, about teamwork that Vitality were employing. And I actually read Lars's recently released book on the plane home too, so I will talk about that or review it at some point. It's a cracker, actually. Um, in some weird way, it's actually kind of changed my life. Which is, you know, which is what I was hoping for, to be honest with you, flying to Paris. But anyway, in the meantime, here is Magisk. Yeah, we spoke in 2018 at IEM Sydney uh, on my podcast. And uh, I've been in therapy ever since because you made fun of me for calling football soccer (laughs) and not knowing what handball is. And you also said at the beginning of that, your name is pronounced Magisk, and then during the interview, you called yourself Magisk, which is called emotional abuse, Emil. That's, uh, yeah, that can happen sometimes. That's very rude of you. But it's not my fault you didn't know handball. <laughs> we barely have it in our freaking country. Yeah, but still, it's not my fault. It's big in Europe. <laughs> it's your fault of making, of making me feel guilty. No, no. It's just like if I said I didn't know American football, or whatever, or rugby, or whatever. Right. <clears throat> yes, but you are in the center of things over here, but whereas we're, we're like on the asshole of the world. You feel like that, yeah. You feel like you're, you're the center of the world, but actually there's stuff happening outside, no? Wow. <laughs> wow. I love that coming from a Dane. Yes. Yeah, no, I was listening to that interview again last night. You've come a long way. And actually, when we were speaking then, you guys had just won Marseille, but the real gist of that interview was how excited I was for you that you'd landed on your feet with this team after the fucking shambolic nature of North and Optic. Yeah. And it was like you'd gotten to the exact right spot you needed to get to. 
Um, obviously, there's been a lot of water under the bridge since then. But let's go way back because something that people don't know about you is that your first team was called Shut the Fuck Up Nerd. <laughs> yeah. Not a, again, not, it was not really like a official team, but it was like we played uh, online tournaments and we played a little bit together, but it was, it was not like a, a full official team, but it was still a team. So it was, it was a, quite an experience. It makes me think of like when, when I was a kid, I, I got up in front of class and um, talked about my grandfather and what he did during the war. And one day you're going to have a grandkid who gets up in high school and goes, yeah, my grandfather's first team was called Shut the Fuck Up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe they just skip that part and say SK Gaming or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could do that. You know, bend the truth a little bit. Yeah. Do you feel like a nerd? No. Did you ever really. feel like a nerd? Honestly, no. I think... And the reason I say that is because I've always been really social. Always been together with friends and playing a lot of handball and football and, you know, being a lot of around my friends. I've always been, like, being really active with friends, like going, like playing football, handball, but also when we go home, we still went to play computer, but together, but online. So I was really social as a kid. I've never really had troubles making friends in that sense. Of course, I also have periods where things were looking rough in that sense, but um, I would say I never really felt like a nerd because I never felt like I had problems uh, being together with people like on the social front. And so I, I would say, of course, in some way, nerdy, but never really like a, a nerd nerd. And I would say, when I say that is what I mean that I love playing video games and I love spending time in front of the PC but I never really felt like I was I was weird in some way or it was weird to spend time with that because I had a lot of friends who spent a lot of time in front of the PC as well and we spent uh, time going to LAN parties and uh, you know all these kind of things so I didn't really feel like a nerd because I was still really social I've been spent a lot of time playing football and also playing handball on a high level so yeah I never really felt that way Back when we did that first interview, you were talking about what you'd learned from Australis. Yeah. You know, you were there, you'd been there for, I think we spoke in May. You guys won Marseille in... I think it's only been a few months when I've been to Sydney. April, I think. Yeah, and I think you joined in February. So yeah. it was like in three February, or four months. I think, yeah. The thing that was striking you about them uh, was the communication and how they were talking about their problems like adults mm. um, and how Zonic brought this like emotional intelligence to it. What's the difference between that and Vitality right now? Is, is that you still able to have those conversations that he was pioneering? I think definitely, I, I was surprised in the beginning in Australia that you can talk openly about problems and people not really caring how, how you put it out in the world in some way, because I was really direct. And that's always, that was always one of my problems back in the days, to be a little bit too direct. And I think that just comes from my, you know, my young days of playing handball on a high level, like really competitive, like wanting to win a lot. And I was used to just getting the frustrations out and like getting mad and sometimes like that. But of course it's different when you play video games and you play like uh, tournaments and stuff like that. People, you know, they are different. Human beings are different from what I came from, from being competitive in some way, not competitive, in it, but high level on handball. Of course it was young, uh, but it was different from when I got into a team because people are different and people they whenever you are really direct to them some people they're like yeah sure that's fine and some people are like what the fuck are you doing man like they don't like it and I think uh, I was not in that way experienced of knowing human beings in in the sense that that I didn't know that it was a, like a different category of people like they don't like it when you're direct to them and I had to learn that and 
Of course, that was one of my issues in the beginning. And of course, I was surprised coming to Astralis because they talked openly about problems and mistakes. And of course, it wasn't perfect because we were still in, in the early stages of Counter-Strike and people didn't hadn't learned yet how it worked, like to be full open and talk about the deeper problems and stuff like that. So I think in, in Vitality right now, um, I think that's probably one of our biggest strengths is that we can be really open and people can really talk from the empty the backpack. Like you, you go all the way behind and you take everything that's like really hiding and you actually bring it up. And I think that's even where we, even at the end of Astralis where we are like really good and we had our uh, best moments as a team and making a lot of history. There was not the same need of being this open because we were winning and when you have a lot of success you don't talk too much about the problems because what's the point of it? You still have like having a lot of success. So of course we talked about problems but maybe not the deeper down problems and um, I think that's what we are really good at in Vitality and I think we are even better than we ever were in, in Astralis to talk about problems and finding solutions and I think that's that's definitely something I'm really happy to be part of because I am a really explosive human being. So when I know that I can talk about problems in the open at specific times, I'll do it there. But if I didn't have this like structure around me and I didn't have this like, then sometimes I could be a little bit too direct and you know piss someone off. And, and that's of course also okay to do once in a while. But of course you can't do it every single day. Uh, otherwise you're gonna have problems as a team. And I think knowing knowing this, and having that you can actually be open about problems without feeling like you're hurting someone is, is really important. And I think that's also one of the things that we're doing really well in Vitality. I think Yekinda seems to be learning that same lesson on Liquid right now. That not everybody is the same in terms of how they like to be spoken mm. to. Um, I always thought looking at that first iteration of Vitality when you guys arrived that you were one nationality away from making the team work because... I remember that optic after you left, where it was Cajun B and MSL and then Shazam and Stanislaw, and they became like two camps. I don't mm. know if you remember the controversy yeah. around that. And they didn't have that third party as a mediator. And obviously you guys weren't in conflict before Spinks mm. came in from the outside, but it meant that there's everybody's kind of a little more on the same level as opposed to it being black and white, right? Do you feel like there was a bit of that that added to the team once he joined? Um, not really, to be honest. I think that's also, uh, of course, there is a big difference in the culture, in the way you're working, in the way you react, in the way you're playing the game, in the way you're communicating. There's a lot of differences. There's a lot of um, things we had to adapt to. There's a lot of things they had to adapt to. But if there was one thing we were really focused on, it was about creating a team as I won and not having camps, not having anything like that. There's no allowed to speak French when you're with the team. There's no allowed to speak Danish when you're with the team. If there's anyone who doesn't understand Danish, you don't speak Danish. If there's no, if there's no one who uh, understands French in the team, if there's one that doesn't understand French, you don't speak French. Wow. Unless it's really, really important. And of course, it still happens sometimes. But it is always like this that, let's say the French, they quickly turn to French. We're like, English, guys, instantly. And they do the same when we're speaking Danish. So of course it happens sometimes, but we are also really open about the fact that it's really annoying for, let's say, um, Spinks. <laughs> he doesn't understand Danish, he doesn't understand French. So if we are on either side of the table and we speak our own languages, of course he's going to feel like what the fuck is going on. And of course that has happened before. 
I mean, of course, we're not perfect, but it is instantly there. He's going to say English, guys, and everyone is like instantly switching. And I think it's really rare nowadays that it happens. It's of course sometimes it happens, but it's it, it's been a long time since that happened. And I think it's really important for the team to know that we are a team. And even if they're talking to some fucking random French TV series, I don't care. Speak English. <laughs> and I think in the beginning, the French, there was a little bit tough for them in the beginning because they felt more comfortable speaking French, of course, which is normal. Uh, and us Danes, we were a little bit more like, it's fine, we speak English, we don't mind. Um, so we also had our moments where we spoke Danish and, and stuff like that. But in the beginning, it was tough for the friends, but they are really good at it now. And I think it's like once per week we say, remember English, uh, English guys, because mm. it's so important for Lotan. It's so important for everyone else that we feel as a team. And no matter what we speak about, we speak as a unit and we speak as a team. And even if it's, as I said, a, a French TV series, it doesn't matter. It's still... Still, I'm still going to be wondering what are they speaking about if I didn't understand them. So mm. I, that was one of the things we had a lot of focus on when we created the team as well, was that we need to feel that we are a team and we are together in the same boat. And that doesn't matter if we have different cultures. We need to be on the same page. And, and I think that's something we have really succeeded at because outside the game is one of the teams I've ever had the most fun with. I have never experienced a team with so many trolls in a team. It is crazy. It's crazy. I mean, Dan, he's crazy with energy. Tonic, he's the biggest troll on earth. Really? Of course not when it comes to Counter-Strike. Then he is really serious. But outside the server, he is one of the biggest trolls. Dupree is a big troll. Spinks is a big troll. Saibu, he's a big troll. And me, I'm just like in between, sometimes too serious, sometimes a bit too much troll. So it's, it's, it can be a big chaos sometimes on the team, but it's so funny to be a part of. Right. I didn't realize that. Did you have a relationship with those guys before you joined Apex and, and Zywu? I mean, not really. Uh, I think it's, it's quite normal uh, that you don't become best friends with people outside the team. Or at least it was like that in Astralis for, for us. We had a long period of time where we, we will say hello and hi to everyone and greet them and be mm. nice to them. But it's not like we're going to go to the lobby and, and talk with them and be best friends with them and stuff like that. We, we kept in our own bubble yeah. in some way. And I think that's also some way it was, it was a good thing. Not because we didn't want to be friends with people. We wanted to be nice to people and, you know, uh, uh, like not be bad persons because that was never the intention. But we wanted to be in our own bubble and, you know, focus on ourselves and, and just focus on what's next for us, like playing the game and stuff like that. And I think in some way we're doing a little bit the same with Vitality, like creating our own bubble and just being together as a unit and being together as a team because we don't, we don't really need much more. We don't really need to become best friends with everyone. I mean, mm. we can be in our own bubble, focus on ourselves and, and, and that's going to be enough for us. Yeah. In an interview with Zerlink, he talked about you guys leaning into pressure during this tournament, mm. not denying that you've got pressure. Mm. Is, that an, is, that a, is that for the first time he's kind of been talking about that with your team? I find that amazing that he, hadn't, he wasn't doing that in Australis. Um, I think it, it's kind of like different ways. I think this time there's obviously a lot of pressure uh, from the organization. There was a lot of pressure from the fans. There was a lot of pressure from everyone to us. And I think it's the, the pressure we have now is a little bit different from in Astralis because in some way when we won the majors, it was different stories. I mean, the first one in, in, in London, of course, we could win it, but no one really expected us to just go and win it because it was not like we were like full favorites in that sense. The one in Katowice, we just, Pitupi, he just lost his dad and 
in some way people they're like yes you are still a really good team but you are going through a tough time as a team and stuff like that and then it's it's been different stories but not with the same pressure of being expected to win and I, even in in berlin we were not the best team in the world at the moment liquid i'm pretty sure they just won the grand slam they just had a really good period of time being uh, the best team in the world for quite some time and we didn't really win something for like two three months which at the time was a long time for us not winning anything and we went in and won that tournament because and we also didn't have too much pressure on our shoulders you have experienced that at blast copenhagen though before right yeah and that's also, I mean, in that sense, we had a lot of expectations on our shoulders and a lot of pressure because people wanted us to win and people expected us to win because we were the best team in the world. And we didn't really know how to deal with that pressure. And we didn't really embrace the pressure. We talked a lot about the pressure. We used a lot of time on it, but we never really found the solution for it. And, and I think, you know, that's also why we have been spending ever since January to make a plan for this tournament. Because usually when we played in, in Royal Arena, we would prepare for it one week before. But one week of practice, what is that going to do? It, it's going to do nothing. I mean, it, it wasn't enough to prepare ourselves mentally for a tournament like that, where it's 12,000 Danish fans all coming to cheer for us, all expecting us to win. All our families, we had like 500 people, our family, friends, everything coming to watch us. It was, it was crazy. I mean, we were not prepared for that, uh, even though we had a lot of experience. We, but we had never been in a situation like that before where people actually expected us to win at or at least do a really good result. So we always in some way ended up disappointing because mentally we was not stable enough for it. And I think the difference is here that we go into Paris now that we have been following a plan ever since January. It's a plan we made together, staff, players, coaches, everyone. It's, it's something we have been you know, working on, following, practice, lessons learned from losing losing uh, quarterfinals in Katowice against Liquid, kind of a tough match to lose when you were leading so much. And then again, you come back, uh, you play against Face, you were behind 14-1, you end up winning the map. You know, lessons learned, you take it with you and you, you find solutions and you talk about the problems and why do we lose a game like this? Of course, there's going to be a pressure, but it's also about the mental of taking it too lightly. Okay, we got the 12th now and they have three rounds. We're most likely going to win this now. We can play a little bit more free and suddenly you're losing and you know all these kind of things talking about what do we need to do when all these kind of scenarios is happening and you know I think that's that's definitely something you know you need to experience as a team to find out how to how to deal with and uh, I think that's also why we are in a good shape right now. Of course it's going to be tough from here as well but I think the plan we've been following for a long time now is something that gives us confidence, but also stability. And it's been giving us stability for a long time now. And it's all about following the plan and keep doing that. It reminds me of um, an idea in mindfulness where you accept and identify an emotion yeah. and then you allow it to pass through you. Is that what he's kind of Yeah, but it's, it's in some way it's the same thing because right here it's also about if I said there was no pressure, I would be lying. I mean, dealing with pressure is, it, there's two things you can do. There's either pushing it aside and, and just accepting it, or you can take it through your body and saying, yes, the pressure is with us. And right now we have so much pressure from all parts of fans, organization, individuals, family, friends, whoever, that 
there's no way we can push this aside and just forget about it. There's mm. no way that it's, you'd it's be bullshitting much. yourself. It's, it would be lying to my own face, and yeah. I don't like that. And I don't think anyone really likes that. And and yes, we, I think we've all tried being in a situation where we are nervous and having a lot of pressure on us all. It could be even being going to an exam and saying like, "Yeah, it's okay. I'm okay. I've been preparing." But deep down, you know, I'm fucked. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, I, I'm fucked. And it's kind of the same thing here. That if I push this pressure aside, I would be like. It's, it's not going to work like that. I know deep inside. It's going to give me hours of rest. It's going to give me hours of, it's okay. I mean, we're going to be good and stuff like that. But deep down, I know that whenever I'm in the game, I'm not at the right moment. I'm not, I'm not there fully. Yes, well, it's not proper rest, is exactly. it? Because there's something ticking over there just going. Exactly. It's always going to be in the back of my head. Yeah. And it's always going to be uh, focusing on this, like, there's a lot of pressure. Oh, my God. And then without you knowing, you start going into a bad circle. Uh, when you're playing, you start performing worse and you start thinking, oh, there's so many thoughts going on in your head. It's just, we've been working ever since January, just like taking in the energy. Yes, there's going to be a lot of pressure. The MR was tough because the biggest disappointment could to, we could do was not even going to the major. Mm -hmm. So I think the, the pressure for me was the highest at the MR because yeah. if we went out there, I mean, what, who knows? I mean. It would be the biggest disappointment for Vitality, yeah. for us as individuals, for the fans, not even being at the major. And yeah, I think it's, it's all about taking it in and just accepting it and then working with that and, and talking about the pressure as a team because we, you need to talk about it. You need someone to talk about it. And, and if I spoke to my mom or dad about it, yes, they can be like, yeah, it's okay. And, you know, all these kind of things. They but they don't. Good. But they don't understand the pressure in the yeah. same way, just like the team does and that's why speaking with the team is important and yes it's it's good to talk about the pressure with a lot of people and seeing it from a different point of view sometimes but you know speaking with the team they understand the pressure because they are in this exact same scenario and I think that's you know speaking as a team taking it in that's the best thing you can do I found that family often have a very misguided way of supporting you mm. my one of my brothers you know, when I'm feeling a bit, um, I'm a writer, mm. and when I'm feeling a bit anxious about my work, he goes, don't worry, you're the best writer in the world. And I'm like, well, that's not true. And that doesn't help me, actually, yeah. because that's bullshitting myself. I'm stressed out for a good reason, and the only way I can get through that is admitting that I'm stressed out and looking at the reasons why, mm. and then, then I can actually deal realistically with the solution. Yeah. When you first came onto my radar uh, at Epicenter 2016, and you top fragged mm. against VP in that final, which was quite unexpected for me, that whole victory. What happened to the rest of that team? I mean, Config just got knocked out, but mm. the others, Cajun B, MSL, who else was there? Uh, uh, I see. No, Rubino. Yeah, Rubino. Yeah, there was Rubino at the time. Why did you make it and they didn't? I think Cajun B in some sense was a little bit old already. <laughs> uh, he was up in his years as five, I remember already then. Um, I think it's tough to say, for, for, honestly. I think a lot of times whenever you have a successful team and then some people, they leave the team, it's kind of tough to be left behind because in some way you want to succeed, but in some way it can also be tough to be left behind in some way uh, mentally. And um, I, I, it's really tough to know what really happened, but I think um, it, it really comes down to priorities. And I think it comes down to how people react uh, in these type of scenarios. I like either they have the motivation to keep going. Mm. And as far as I remember with Rubino, I think he... 
He stood in for you guys at a blast once. I, I was not there. You the, weren't there there. It was before my time, before I think. No. Um, I, I, at least in North, when he, he was benched, I think it, it really, when we lost in Atlanta, he took a lot of, uh, he was really feeling down and feeling that he was the reason we lost. And mm. he was in some way almost asking to get benched um, because he, he, he really felt like he disappointed the whole team. Yeah. But of course, we were not a team like that. We didn't we didn't bench him because of that. It, mm. it was, it was it was not not something like that. It was we didn't want to bench him, but he he actually almost begged us to do it in some way. Wow. Um, it it I think he was he was uh, when it came to that game, he was really uh, he was really disappointed in himself, and he felt like he had to take the blame. And that was that was I think that was really tough for him, and. In some way, I, I wish he would have stayed on the team because it's, it, he was a good player and he was a really nice person. And I think he, I think uh, he was way too harsh on himself. And I think that's maybe also been the biggest problem from him in the in the career is that he's he's always been too hard on, on himself. And you know, when when you when you don't know how to deal with that, it can be really 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 difficult mentally. And I think yeah, I think he he needed uh, he needed uh, the support, and we tried our best to do it, but. In in the end, it, w it wasn't enough to help him to stay on the team, and yeah, I think KGB he he was a good player, but I don't think he was motivated enough to grind and grind and grind and yeah. to try and stay on top. But again, it's difficult for me to sit here and say exactly what happened because I don't really know. Yeah. In some way, when I got disconnected from the team, I didn't really it. speak too much with them. Also, because they just when I got your exhaust fumes. I mean, when I got kicked from <coughs> North, it was also like, I mean, they kicked me, so. Yeah. I mean, so fuck those bitches. Not really in that sense because it's not like I I hated them. I was just disappointed. Yeah. I was just disappointed because I feel like I was. I'm pretty sure I was the best player on the team. Yeah, and, obviously. And it was such a dumb move. And I'm obviously happy about it today because it also the reason I ended up joining Astralis. So I noticed you didn't mention MSL, which uh, you've luckily managed to escape with because I think we need to end this interview. So <laughs> <laughs> well done. Next up is my brief chat with Lars Robel, the sports psychologist for Vitality. I was speaking to Megan Skin Dupree and they, they were saying that you guys had a six month plan for this event. Is yeah. that true? Can you talk uh, a bit true. more about that? Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, we started out in, um, by gathering the boys in a boot camp without computers in uh, January, beginning of January, and uh, then we uh, made out the plan and uh, we made the decision that okay we're going to go for the uh, for the major we're going to win the major not only participate to see how far we can go but 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 win the major and um, then we broke that a dream or that ambition down into specific what we call focal areas um, in time and space and the thing is we'll follow that plan um, yeah all, all, all the, the the five months did you so, say in time and space yeah in time and space saying that Okay, in Katowice we're gonna perform like that. In um, in Rio we're gonna perform like that. Going to the playoff, and then from there we'll see what happens. Eh? And 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 it just gave them following the plan, trusting the process, trusting the plan. Just gave the the, the, the guys a huge confidence in in themselves and in the project. Having that structure, knowing where they were headed, exactly. And say, and also daring, saying that okay, that's what we'll go for. Eh? Is there anything that ha has happened in the last six months that was a blip in the radar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course there is. But we learn from it. I mean, our, our game uh, against Liquid in Katowice, where we threw it away, we lost to ourselves. So, of course, there's been bumps on the way. But the, the result, we, we work with result goals. 
the result goals that we put up in the plan, we have achieved that. Okay? Was there a worry that at Rio you might have peaked too early? Yeah, but I think, yeah, of course, that has been an issue also because we learned a lot from, uh, from the autumn where we peaked too early uh, and didn't perform well or as expected uh, in, um, at, at, at the major in Rio. So we learned from that taking a lot more time to recovery um, between uh, the practice and the tournaments. Dupree said that like you guys started out a lot more um, regimented with the health and the exercise and all that kind of stuff, and it's relaxed a bit. Is there a reason for that? Yeah, because I mean, it's it's as I, I used to say, there are the players are their own web platform, so it's it's going it's going to be it's got to be top tuned all the time, eh? Um, and you can see right now what's happening on the international scene. I mean, teams are just coming up, so it's so tight. I mean, the competition is so tight that we gotta. When we're talking about performance, we're gonna we gotta look at every little detail that can improve or enhance performance, and that goes for sleep, nutrition, um, recovery, and, and all that. And and that there there is a culture thing that we have to work with, eh? Because it's a new sport coming from the gaming world, but but performing at this level, that is that is that's like elite level in any traditional sports. He was saying that, you know, to really instill that from the beginning, you need five players who are really young. And these guys, have, a couple of them have been around the block, or a few of them have been around the block. So I assume it's a little harder to get them all on the same page all yeah. the time. Yeah, but that's what we use. Thank you. Thanks. That's what we use the, uh, the boot camps for also, because that's a lot of teamwork. And, and we have a lot of process, process, what you call process work going on, where we talk about the team, the team dynamics and all that. But I think there's a good blend of experience and also the new and 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 and, and, and the um, yeah the skills uh, the, the very high skills I think so that's 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 a good mixture can you walk us through a little bit now what the process is from this moment on the guys are at the press conference now but you've got you know 20 hours until yeah. the next match what's going to happen I think we, we, we used to follow a very strict uh, structure I mean what's happening now when they are done here we go back to the room and then what we, we, we have what we call a capture even if we lose or we win we have this capture and that's just to catch first hand impressions from the players not analyzing not discussing just to get what, what was on our mind because that's what we're going to use tomorrow when we are going to debrief and, and then start working up to the next. So it, it's very much following this, the structure because structure serves a lot of purpose, but it also decreases anxiety. Okay? So it's, 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 it's absolutely, that's what we've been working with. So no one takes notes at this meeting. They just say no, it. They and just then say, yeah, capture just first answer. We are going around the clock. Say what's on my mind from this. And then tomorrow you have a proper go through everything. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we'll probably sleep. I mean, we we got to make the schedule when we come home. But let's sleep a little late, eh? Because and, and then the coaches will work. I will work, and then we meet. And then we normally have we start the day by empty what we call empty the backpack. So that's just. I mean, how, how are we feeling? Is there something where we need to address um, in the dynamics between us? And and what is what is taking up the mind? Eh? I, I did notice that there were some. Not aggravations, but there was some tension on the stage. Is that a usual thing? Yeah, yeah, of course there, there is. I mean, we have worked a lot with trying to, I'm trying to imagine, and 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 we have tools handling the pressure. But it's, I mean, you can plan and you can try to perceive things. Uh, 
yeah, along the way, but but it's only when you're when when we're standing in the in here, feeling the crowd, seeing the family, seeing the friends, that you can really perceive. Okay, and and luckily yesterday or the day before yesterday we had this first touch, and today we had a lot of aligning. Okay, that was what we expected. That was the actual setting and getting that aligned, and that's what we what we work from today. Uh, I heard that Zonic was saying, you know, this time he wants the guys to lean into the pressure as opposed mm-hmm. yeah. to yeah. denying that they've got any pressure. Yeah. Can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, I mean, that was also a, a, a decision, deliberate decision that we, we made in, in January on the boot camp. Because my suggestion is was that when we defined the dream, what is the dream, what is, what is the ambition? And we discussed, okay, is it okay to, to, to reach the playoff? It's okay to reach the quarterfinal? Or do we dare saying that, hmm, we're, no, we're here to win? Right? And after <laughs> lengthy discussions, because it, it's, it's important that the guys buy into it, then we decided, okay, no, we're going we're, we're to speak out loudly that we're here to win this one. And then we, we, we worked with the things that, okay, either we can let the situation control us or we can take control of the situation. And that's some of the small things we have worked with along the way, eh? And that covers from, I don't know, ice bath and a lot of things, exposure to cold and, and so a lot of a lot of measures. Did you, did you say ice bath? Yeah. Oh, cold shower. It's cold shower because it's it's oh. it's difficult to get the uh, the ice, but but it, it has the same effect eh? because nobody wants to go into to that cold shower. Eh? I would rather stay in that. But if I had decided that, then I'm going to do it, and that means that I'm taking control and not my emotions or my feelings or whatever they say. It must have been difficult to get the guys to say, I'm definitely going to win this, as opposed to the cold bars, because you see a lot of people going, oh, we're just going to take a match by match, game by game. It's a different mentality, right? It is. It is. But, but it's, it, it would be, I would be a, a what, 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 how should I call it? It would be a fake thing to say that we're just here to participate to see how far we can go. I mean, the pressure from ourselves, the pressure from the, from the crowd, from the fans, I mean, it's to win. So why not take it upon us and say, that's okay, and then work with the pressure instead of... In that sense, it's like a release. You're allowing yourself to feel something. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. It's been awesome chat. Thank you very much. <laughs>
but I think this time we are just a lot more detailed, a lot more aware and actually you know taking the experiences with us and learning from that not that we didn't do it in as well but but I think the the, the group we have as, as people is, is really open-minded and and you know I sometimes I can be the one who's really direct but but people know that and people respect it and and people like it so I think the group of people we have right now is, is just um, also the reason why we are able to improve so much uh, every single day and and you know that's something that makes me really proud that uh, the entire group is is working hard, but they're also willing to learn and, and, and you know, take uh, input and, and every single day we, you know, we evaluate and we try to find our weaknesses and, and work on them. So, so yeah, I think the whole journey has been probably the thing that I'm the most proud of um, because obviously in Astralis we, we improved a lot as a, a team as well, but I think this team, we have moved more than I've ever seen in a team before, uh, improved. improved. You know, when, when we started in January, I don't think a lot of people would have believed us when we said the goal was to to come here today and win the Paris major um, so so you know the whole journey is it's just amazing I mean being able to to create a team like this is just you know a, a really 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 good feeling do you feel like you're a better player now as well and the next step is go home and relax I mean we need to get up the energy again and 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 focus on that and then of course we need to go home and practice again and work hard again because you know, one thing is being the best team in the world, another thing is staying there. So, I mean, I, I guess every one of us wants to stay at the top. Uh, so, of course, we will do our best to, to do that. And Yeah, but first we will focus on, on getting a beer and then relaxing. So, setting the next six-month goal, whatever that might be. Uh, the, well, that is also something we need to go home and talk about. What is the goal? What is the, what is the next step of vitality? And, of course, just like any other team, the Counter-Strike 2 is also coming out. So, we also have to look at that. But... For now, uh, we just need to enjoy the moment.